Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Prepare is a time where we as a church intentionally seek after what God has for us by praying and fasting for three days. In addition to praying and fasting together, we'll also gather for three nights of worship, prayer, and encouraging messages from special guest speakers. Today we have Pastor Steve Robinson for night three of Prepare Fall 2020. All right, man, it's so good to be with you guys. How many of y'all excited to be in church on a Wednesday? Come on now. All those that are joining us online and all those different venues. Man, that's exciting, Pastor Jeff. Wow. People all over the place that have been tuning in, people crying out, seeking God, praying and fasting. We're so honored to be here at Milestone Church. And uh, it's such a joy to be able to walk with Pastor Jeff and Brandy. Jennifer and I have been friends with them 20 years, over 20 years. They look, can I say this? Brandy looks the same. Come on, how many of y'all miss Brandy doesn't age? Come on now. We love Pastor Jeff. You know, he's one of my dearest friends. <laughs> I mean, he's aged a little bit. Hard. Is that how I going to say it? But we're such close, we are such close friends, and you have a smart pastor, one of the greatest pastors that I know that inspires me. And uh, I'm just so grateful for the friendship, the partnership. Love all the team. Love serving alongside great men. I see some of our great elders as well here, uh, Mr. Jim Rogers, and just so 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 grateful. What a great team uh, to to be a part. How many are grateful for the elders, the staff, the board? Come on, incredible, 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 and um, just grateful for the leadership. You guys are in a. A, I guess a three-day thing called prepare, a, a moment to be able to seek God. Uh, and thank you, Pastor Jeff, for having me come. Uh, it's an honor to be here. I know Pastor Brett Fuller was here last night. Uh, Pastor Jeff on Monday night, Coach Tom Mullins, who's a spiritual dad, uh, as well to Pastor Jeff and I. We are both studying under him. I don't know if the church knows that. Uh, we're both getting our doctorate. By the way, in our last doctorate class, Pastor Jeff beat me in our grade. I'm not bitter about that a little bit, but anyway, so uh, we, we're, just, we're just honored, man. Let me tell you, relationships, the richness of life in the kingdom of God is the presence of God, but the richness of relationships. How many you know that Christianity was never designed to do alone? I'm going to say that again. How many know Christianity was never designed for us to do alone? Come on. But we need the body of Christ, and it's wonderful to be able to have all these kingdom relationships. I want to talk to you. I want to close out our, our, our series, our, our moment of prepare. I want to talk to you about an interesting topic. I've been here for 20 years, all the way back since the cafetorium. Uh, as Pastor Jeff mentioned, I've never preached on this before. Matter of fact, only in our church. I've talked about this one time. And I, I want to, before I jump into the message, I want to say something. I, I am a little bit excited. Pastor Jeff told me, I think a couple days ago, it was 110 degrees here. Is that right? It's a, I think it's a little bit lower today. It was like 101 and, uh, but I, I want to say this, I do love hot weather, I love the summertime, you know, I'm from the Gulf Coast, I'm from the New Orleans area, all of our campuses, we have campuses in Biloxi, the Mississippi Gulf Coast, to Baton Rouge, and so in New Orleans and Mandeville, uh, kind of the whole greater uh, Gulf Coast region, and, and I do love the summertime, I, because I love the things that you get to do. I love fishing in the Gulf Coast region, uh, of course it's saltwater fishing, I enjoy that, all the different water sports you get to do. Uh, I, I love that. I do as well love going to the beach. Uh, it's not because I'm a tan person. 
Uh, matter of fact, several years ago, I had somebody come, and, they, and they, we used to put all the different staff on the back of the bulletin. And, and my, our youth pastor, many of you guys know Pastor Jason Robinson, and this, this person came and said, I know this type of church. Y'all hire all your relatives, all the relatives, because look at your name's Robinson, and his name's Robinson, and, and what part is he of your family? I said, ma'am, can I say this respectfully? Have you ever seen Jason Robinson? Well, I've never seen him. I said, ma'am, can I just say this? His skin is so dark. He's part Italian, part Spanish, part Middle Eastern. Ma'am, I'm an albino. I don't even have pigment in my skin. Now, the reason why I say that is when I go to the beach, I love the beach, but I mean, you know, I love sunscreen. Can I have an amen? Last week I was in Pensacola and we had a great, great time. And it's interesting, you know, I, I still have clothing. You guys may have this clothing. How many of y'all have a piece of clothing or anything uh, with that label on it, Salt Life? Anybody in here? Come on, anybody? Does anybody know that? So, so I see that y'all go to the beach a lot. There is a clothing line, it's called Salt Line. I think it's interesting. I remember a number of years ago, I bought a whole bunch of things. Uh, matter of fact, they had bumper stickers. Very big thing in the Gulf Coast region, by the way. Salt Life. It's very interesting. As a matter of fact, the whole company was developed by four guys that love the beach. They love the salt life. They love to fish. They, they love to boat. They love to surf. They love to dive. So they formed an organization, and the organization, it's a clothing line and an apparel line. It's called Salt Life. I began to think about as I was coming here as Pastor Jeff asked me to come and to close out, prepare, which is so exciting, the presence of God and worship. So grateful. So grateful for the presence of God. So grateful for a church right, right, right as we're coming through COVID that I'm so Appreciate Pastor Jeff's leadership to call the church together to pray and to come and to fast and to cry out to God, to prepare our hearts. And there's something about preparation. Remember this, the, the, the goal of preparation is not preparation though. Uh, the goal of, uh, of training is not training. The goal at some point in time is, is for us to take all of that training and all of that preparation and to engage in the game. And can I tell everybody something? The game is... The game of life is not one inside the church walls. It's one out there. And the thing I love about Prepare, Pastor Jeff, the thing I love so much about this is, is that the Christian life, it's, 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 we're preparing for what? We're preparing for something. And I think it's all wrapped up in that term, salt life. The fact is, is that God has a lot to say about a salt life. As believers, above all other groups, we should be the first to understand what the salt life is about. There's a, there's a life distinctive that God calls us to live. It's a, it's a, it's a life that's unique. It's a life that's different. I, I, I bet, you know, I'll tell you, tell you why it's so important, not just because I live in the Gulf Coast that that term is important, but I actually think it's a biblical term, a salt life. I say that not because I live in New Orleans. I say that not because I enjoy the beach. I say that because there's power in living a salty life. There's power in that. There's great impact in that, of living a salty life. The fact is, is that when you understand salt, 
and you understand the purpose of salt, and you understand the impact of salt, it makes a difference. One of the things I love about Jesus is he is a master communicator. He, he, he enthralled the audience. People would love listening to Jesus because when he would communicate, he, he, would, he, would, use, he would use things of culture. He would, he would pick up a seed. And then he would start talking about the kingdom of God is like a seed. And, and, and when a seed is planted, how it grows up. He, he would use metaphors and, and analogies. And it was so powerful. And, and people were captivated by that. They were captivated by, by, the, by how he would pick up dirt and talk about soil and, and the soil being the heart and, and, and the seed off in the word of God. And, 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 and he would use all of these metaphors and these analogies and he would use common things in culture and often in agriculture and, 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 and in his environment to teach a point. And in his most famous sermon. The sermon that so many of us, matter of fact, people that, that, that would not even maybe consider themselves Christians would often know of this sermon. The most powerful message that Jesus probably is known for is the Sermon on the Mount. Because in that sermon, he, he talked about so many powerful things. Again, demonstrating how the kingdom of God impacts life. He talked about images and illustrations and metaphors. And one of the things that he talked about is salt. Jesus was teaching the multitudes that day in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 right after he talks about blessed are the pure in heart and blessed are the meek and blessed are and blessed are in this beautiful picture of, of, of kingdom men and women and, and, and those, those attitudes of the heart and the attitudes of the light, life, he, he turns to them and the implication is if you'll live out this kingdom life, if you'll live out a life of purity, and you'll live out a life of hunger for the kingdom. He turns to them and he says this. He says, you are, you are the salt of the earth. Matthew 5, verse 13. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all those that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Salt and light. Salt and light. Salt and light. Jesus says here that believers are called to be Salty salt and radiant light. Wow. While it's intrinsic that we understand what it means to be light in dark places, today, as we wrap up prepare, and as we understand our assignment as kingdom men and women of God, to leave the church walls. Yes, we are the church, but to leave gatherings and to engage in the spheres that God has placed us, whether it's in a college campus or whether it's in a high school or junior high or 
whether it's in one of these high rises that are in downtown Fort Worth or Dallas or wherever it is that God has called you to be, God has called you in a very unique way with a distinctive nature as kingdom men and women. The question is, are we salty salt? It's interesting as we understand what salt is. Salt is so small and seemingly insignificant. Think about it for a moment. How small salt is, and it's, 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 it's so small, and, and, and yet it's so intense, it's so powerful. It, it makes such a difference when it's not present in our food. It's even hard to see. It's a very important element in the human body. Salt is sodium chloride. Salt is the is the, the water-regulating mineral of the human body. It's a very important element to our blood. It's remarkable. When you get your blood checked, one of the key factors that your doctor will look at is your what? Your sodium level. If you've ever been to an emergency room and you've ever been hooked up to an IV, one of the things that you begin to understand is in that bag often contains nothing more than pure water and actually salt. Salt is so critical. It's so important. Now, of course, I'm partial to salt because of where I'm from, South Louisiana. If you don't use salt on your food, you're not a Christian. (laughs) You do realize that. Now, I'm going to make some statements. I can say that, Pastor. You can correct my theology afterwards. But I'm from South Louisiana. My grandma is Cajun. My whole mom's side of the family is Cajun. I mean, real Cajun, like the whole Cajun accent. She, matter of fact, my grandma died two years ago. She was 100. So my gosh, I mean, let me tell you, she was real Cajun lady. She grew up, she was born in 1917. And in the 20s and 30s, before school, she was in the, it's called in the bayou. And so literally in swamps and a bayou, I mean, she was in Golden Meadow, cut off. Anybody from South Louisiana in here, I mean, total Cajun. Before school, she would trap minks, listen, and muskrats. That's what she would do. She would trap me. So, I mean, talking full Cajun, and she was just tough worker. If you, if you know any Cajun, I mean, they're just tough workers, and she was just hard, and just, my mom was like her. They're Cajun people. You've got to work, and you just, and, but you cook. And so the reward to hard work is cooking and eating, and everything has salt in it. You think, why did Kate, my, my grandma, matter of fact, she's outlived, she outlived, she, you say, pastor, why did she live to 100? I'm going to tell you why, she was a Christian. I know the reason why my grandma lived to 100. I'm going to tell you the one reason, and I want everybody to hear this at all the campuses because it's profound. Jesus wasn't ready to be told what to do. <laughs> I'm not joking. If you meet my grandma, she'll tell you what to do. I mean, she's just, she's, you know, she had a control issue. But anyway, she needs freedom ministry. But she was an incredible cook. And everything had salt. Everything had salt. And when you put salt on that food and on that gumbo and in that gumbo, listen, everything changes. Wow. Salt has a lot of functions. It's a compound, but it's also a mineral. What Jesus is really saying is, he's saying when you understand who you are, when you understand the, the, the reason for preparing, when you understand it and you get it, you are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Salt impacts what it touches. Jesus was saying that salt makes an impact on its environment. In other words, salt 
is influence. Wow. Jesus was saying that the believers that live out the Beatitudes are going to be salty salt and radiant light in a very dark world. Philosophers have put it this way, no man is an island. Your life is not independent of those around you. Your life impacts those in your orbit, whether good or bad. And he calls us salt. The question is, do we understand our function? The question is, do we understand the critical nature of the church of Jesus Christ? All of us of Christ followers. That, that our role is so critical, listen, to this planet. It's critical to your family. It's critical to your work assignment. It's critical to your job. That, that when you understand that the purpose of preparing is so that we're prepared to be salt. The question is, are we salty salt? Are we radiant light? Are we the influence that God's called us to be? Webster defines influence as the power to change or to affect someone or something. Influence is our ability to impact others. It's a term you hear floating around a lot, particularly those of you that are in the business world. You talk about the power of influence, influence on your job, influence in culture, influence in the classroom, influence. By the way, God created influence. He's the ultimate influencer. You do realize that. God is the ultimate, the omniscience of God, all knowledgeable, the omnipotence of God, all powerful, the, the, the omnipresence of God, all present. And yet God chooses to not violate our will and he influences us. He doesn't control us. He doesn't manipulate us. The world controls and manipulates. God influences. We don't control and manipulate the world. We influence, salt influences. Yeah. The prompting of the Holy Spirit. How many times have you prayed about something? Should I buy this house? Should I not buy this house? And you pray about it. If you're married, you and your spouse, and you sense the peace of God. What is God doing? He's influencing your heart with a green line, with a green light to step forward. Yeah. The enemy controls and manipulates. God influences. The, the world controls and manipulates kingdom agent men and women influence and all the world right now desperately needs salty salted Christians oh my gosh oh wow the world desperately needs salty salted Christians yeah we as kingdom men and women of God we influence through serving Godly influence cannot be awarded, it cannot be appointed, it cannot be assigned, it cannot be mandated. Godly influence is earned over time as we appropriately utilize our gifts and talents to serve others. We serve our workplace, we serve our home, we serve our church, we serve our community. Why? Because God has set it up that way to be salt, to be influence. Are we salty salt? Mark chapter 10, verse 43, yet it shall not be among you, but whoever desires to be great among you shall be your servant. Listen to this. I said, to lead, you serve. Influence and greatness are not built upon position, income, or IQ. It's earned. It's earned through serving others. As the church of Jesus Christ, it's God's design and desire for us to be salt, not in this building, but outside. To serve every sphere of society. 
to salt up every sphere of business, every sphere of politics, every sphere of culture, every sphere of the media, every part of the world in which God placed us. Yeah. Before I close, if you have notes, I'm going to ask everybody to take some notes down if you have a pen. And uh, if you have a phone, you can write down notes. If you watch anything else besides that, God will show. Don't watch the news. Only tie into this message. I think I'm going to give you some important things. We are in a critical. I want everybody to hear me. This is a sober statement. We are in a critical place in our nation. And I'm going to tell you, I don't have any hope in anything besides Christ and his church rising up. And his church being salt and light in a very dark world. This is our moment, actually. It's our moment to be what Jesus called his disciples. Listen, and the multitudes on the Mount of Beatitudes, you are the salt of the earth. I want to talk to you about four aspects of salt. I want you guys to write this down. Four things that salt does. Four purposes of salt. As we move through these four factors, I'm not going to spend long. I want you to write them down. I want you to contemplate them. I want you to think about them. Four factors that I believe speak to us about salt. Number one, salt preserves. Salt preserves. In the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus says the world... The world needs salt and light. He is presupposing something that we need to clearly see. I need everybody to hear me. He is presupposing something that the world around us, the world then, that the disciples and the multitude lived in, the world today is decaying. The world is decaying. It's dying. It's rotting on the vine. Culture is not in an upward trajectory. I'm not sure if anyone has told you that lately. But culture is not in an upward trajectory of getting better and better and better. It's actually in a downward spiral. We can both see that sociologically. We, we can understand that not just theologically or biblically from Scripture, but we can understand the dynamic of what's going on around us. Oh, yes, we've advanced technologically. We've advanced with breakthroughs in science. But I'm talking about the character of the heart. That's what I'm talking about. And the outworking of that, how that works itself out in the culture, the selfishness of mankind. The reality is, is that our, our, our culture, it's in trouble. I, I remember hearing recently about a college professor that literally told his class that the reason that marriage is on the decline as a human institution is because man is evolving to a higher level and marriage is something man only needed at a lower level of existence. I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say. It's from the scripture. Anybody standing around in the world today saying that we're evolving up doesn't understand the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.13 says, But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, the Bible says in the end. Wow. We may have more connectivity. We may have more technology. We have more access to knowledge. Pastor Jeff was driving me by, by something and it was like this, all, I said, what's that? He goes, it's all this, these warehouses and warehouses and warehouses of all the data information in Facebook. I said, whoa, that is amazing. You can have the acclimation, uh, uh, accumulation of knowledge and, and, and technology and it's all awesome. But I'm gonna tell you something, there is a trajectory in culture that's not going up. 
That's what Scripture says. Wow. The key reason Jesus calls us to be salt is that we are a preservative. We are the church. Listen, we as the church, this is important, as the church, as we stand up, we are the only thing that's standing between total corruption and anything of normalcy. Those of you that may like beef jerky, I'm a beef jerky fan. Anybody like beef jerky? Come on, raise your hand. I gotta get me some beef jerky every now and then. You know what I'm talking about? I, I just, there's something about beef. You know what beef jerky is? I'll tell you what it is. It's beef. <laughs> Boy, that was profound, huh? <laughs> we learned that in our doctorate class. But anyway, it's beef. All right, here it is. It's beef. And you know all it is? It's beef with salt. Rubbed all over it. And the only thing that preserves the beef is the salt. Matter of fact, they've been doing that for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. You remove that salt, and that's a putrefying, smelly thing at the end of 24 hours. You put salt in it, and that thing will last three years, and you're on a hike, and pull that thing out and say, my God, can I have a witness? It's not because of the beef. Come on, listen. It's because of the what? Say it. The Oh, yes. Salt. Salt. Salt preserves. Salt preserves. One day I was talking to this person. They were so upset with me. And, and not with me. They were so upset with their family. They'd given their heart to Christ. And, they were, and, and their family was just really ragging them. You're one of those born-agains. Oh, my gosh. You found religion. You just, you just gone crazy. And I said, here's what I want you to do. Here's how I want to equip you. I said, the next time you're at a Christmas party and everybody's making fun of you, here's what you need to say. You need to say the only reason why that, that every single one of you have not lost your mind is because I'm a believer and, and God has injected me into this family to preserve it from total corruption. Wow. Wow. Salt preserves. Question. Do you realize what God has called you? Do you realize where God has placed you? Pastor, I wish God would get me out of this job. Do you realize what God has called you? Do you realize your function? Salt is rubbed into meat to preserve it. Salt has been used for thousands of years to preserve meat. They didn't have refrigeration years ago. Salt preserves. Salt preserves. That's the principal idea in the manner that we act. Listen, we, we have to understand Jesus calls us salt to preserve something. Oh, wow. Wow. Depending upon your end time theology... There's a lot of different backgrounds of theologically. There's a lot of different backgrounds of people. People believe in the rapture. Some believe in it. Some don't believe in the rapture. I tend to believe in it. That's just my personal view. And I'm going to tell you, read the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel. Read the book of Revelation. What happens to the world when the church isn't here? Could you imagine right now? Could you imagine right now if every single Christian was taken out of this nation? What would happen? Just think about that for a minute. Just think about it for a minute. There'd be, it would just be absolute, total decay. Why? Because salt, come on, say it. Salt does what? Salt, first P, salt what? It preserves. Question, do you understand your function? Wow. Whew. Let me encourage you, if you're gonna 
impede the corruption of the world, like salt, then we can't live the way the world lives. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're rubbed into society, we're rubbed into our workplace, we're rubbed into the media, we're rubbed into political realms, we're rubbed into the spheres of influence, we're rubbed into all of these, the academic world, we're rubbed into it. Maybe you're a coach, maybe you're an accountant, you're rubbed into that environment, but you can't be of that environment, you're rubbed into that environment, distinct of that environment, because you've gotta understand that it's you as a follower of Christ that's actually preserving the purity of that environment. I think it's pretty cool the last number of years uh, in the media where you've seen a lot of Christian films. Some have been cheesy. Some have been really good. Why is it that Christians can't impact the media? Why is it that Christians, I'm not one. By the way, let me tell you what my thoughts are. I've got about 10 minutes. Stay with me. I do not believe in an escapist mentality as Christians. I do not believe that we should all move to Montana and just hide out and eat just, you know, uh, MRE rations from Katrina, by the way, that was left over from FEMA, and let's just wait for the return of Christ. I believe that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with God's power, invade every area of culture to whenever God takes us, whenever he returns, we need to be preserving as much as we can. Why? Until he comes and until as many people that can get saved are saved, we need to preserve the culture. God's called us to do that. God's called us as a church. Number two, salt penetrates. Salt inserts a new quality, substance in life into whatever it touches, it changes. That which is placed upon. Salt preserves, salt penetrates. Salt preserves, salt penetrates. Believers are likewise to penetrate the world, to insert new life into every environment they go into. How do we do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit, by the presence of God. You've heard that, are you a thermometer or a thermostat? A thermostat goes up and down based upon the the temperature, or a thermometer, excuse me, the thermometer, the thermostat sets it. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit, do we understand that we have this treasure in earthen vessels? We're preparing, Pastor Jeff, to carry the presence of God. Whatever it is that God places us, that we bring the presence of God, we bring the power of the Holy Spirit. It's stronger than political power. It's stronger than financial power. It's stronger than military power. It's the power of Christ. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, Pastor, how does the power of the Holy Spirit come upon my life? See, when you understand that you're a salt, you, you have been called by God to preserve culture until Christ returns. But you're also called to penetrate culture with the power of the Holy Spirit, to bring the presence of God. I love that scripture in Acts chapter one, verse eight, but you shall receive power. Everyone say power. The Greek word dunamis, where we get the English translated word dynamite. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The problem is most preachers stop right there. How does the power come on you, pastor? How does it come on? I tell you how it comes on you. Look at verse 14 of that same chapter. Jesus said, you're gonna receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. Now you go and pray together as a unified group and you wait for it. That's what I love about prepare. Acts chapter 1, verse 14, look what the scripture says. Pastor, how does the power of the Holy Spirit come upon a a church? They all continue with one accord. Everyone say one accord. They all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and and Mary, the mother of Jesus. They were united together in prayer. Oh, yes, God. 
united together in prayer. I'm talking about salt preserves, but salt penetrates. And when we penetrate culture, we bring the presence of God. Pastor, how does the presence of God come upon our lives? I tell you how it comes upon our lives. Through corporate prayer. When we gather with other Christians, wherever two or more are gathered together, I am there in their midst. Are you with me? The power of coming together. The power of corporate prayer, the power of preparing our hearts. You know something, when, when this pandemic started in, in March, my wife and I, and, and, and Pastor Jeff mentioned about Unite 714, we pray twice a day, 714 a.m., 714 p.m. I'm going to tell you something, listen to me, I want everybody to hear, if you have any level of marriage trouble, I'm not the best marriage counselor. Matter of fact, I don't do marriage counseling. I make people nervous when they come. But I'm going to tell you one thing that will transform your marriage. I don't, I've not written any books. I'm not, I don't know all that stuff. There's a lot more smart. But I'm going to tell you one thing that will transform. You pray with your spouse and you watch what God does. Oh, man, your heart. Listen, your heads can be over here, but prayer brings your hearts connected right here. Your heads will catch up where your heart's already met. You show me a church that prays together and they begin to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Church of prayer. That's why there's a, there's a spirit of division in our world right now. You realize that? Everybody's divided. Things are, it's a spirit. It's not a political thing. It is a, it is a spirit of division. That's why churches need to come together. That's why believers need to come together. That's why families need to pray. Why? Because the, we access the power of God so we can penetrate culture. We've got to come in the opposite spirit, a united spirit. I love that, Pastor. We, 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 listen, Jesus said his prayers that the church could be one. When we are one and the church stands up, and we stand up as one man, one woman, one power, one body. Well, how does that happen, Pastor? As we pray together, as we seek God together, as we cry out together, the power of God comes upon our lives and we penetrate culture. Wow. Number one, salt preserves. Number two, salt penetrates. It penetrates. It penetrates. Number three, salt purifies. I'm almost finished. When Jesus called us to be the salt of the earth, I believe that Jesus was also referring to purity. What color is salt? It's white. Please don't misunderstand me. That's not a skin color. That's ridiculous. I'm talking about the purity of it in the scripture. The symbol of purity. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. In the Bible times, there would often be a little white pile of salt outside the doors of homes, and it would glisten against the drab, dusty ground. The glistening whiteness could have aroused, listen, this thought in Christ's mind when he was going out to that mountain. I've been to that mountainside where he taught. And he thought, you, you, are, you are the salt of the earth. Look at me, everybody. You are the salt of the earth. Number one, you are preserving I'm so grateful for the moms that have prayed for their kids. You are preserving a godly legacy. My mom prayed for me and prayed for me. Some of you have heard my story and prayed for me. I'd come home messed up, drunk, on drugs. My mom would pray for me. Mom, you're preserving that God. Dad, listen to me. Grandma, you're preserving. I want everybody, you're preserving that godly legacy. You're preserving that root of righteousness in that family. Don't give up praying for your kid. Don't give up praying for your husband. Don't give, give up praying for your wife. Don't give up praying for that neighbor. God has called you a soul to preserve. Everybody say to preserve. Don't give up on that, but to, pe but to penetrate and to purify. Salt purifies. Pastor, how, do, how does salt purify? Blessed are the pure in heart. Let the be, believer be glistening and pure in their heart. Righteous people in a dark, evil world. 
First Timothy chapter four, verse 12, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to believers in word, everyone say in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Please hear me, church. Please hear me. The world has lost its mind. You do realize that. What used to be evil is now called good. What used to be called good is now called evil. They're changing the rules every single day. They're waking up. That's right. That's right. I'm so grateful that we, listen, we stand upon God's word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's word shall never pass away. His word. His word. I say this respectfully. I do not wake up every day confused. What's right? What's wrong? What does the the latest media pundit say? What does God say? And one of the greatest ways that we can model purity is through our speech. Through our speech, our world. The world is foul and corrupt in its language. We want to speak life over our family, life over our kids, life over our life. Listen, let these dead bones come alive. Yeah, we want, to, we want to be people of life. We want to be people of faith. The thing I love about your pastor, he's an encourager. He's always speaking faith. He's always speaking it's possible. He's always declaring it. Let me tell you something. We, listen, when a world only speaks death, that's when the church rises in as salt and speaks life to counteract that. We speak life over our family. We speak life that God is doing something, that God is amazing, that God can do anything. We speak it over our family. We speak it over our lives. My mom used to speak it over my life. Gosh, I was so messed up as a kid. My mom called the police on me for fighting my dad as a kid. I mean, you got issues. And my mom would tell me, she goes, Steve, God's going to use your life one day. God's going to use your life one day. God's going to use your life one day. I'm going to pray. And she told me this one time. It may have been a little bit of flesh. She goes, I'm going to pray God saves you or kills you, one or the other. I thought, I'll do the salvation thing first. <laughs> but she spoke that over my life. She spoke that over my life. We speak faith over our kids. We speak faith over our family. Maybe you've got a a loved one that's battling with an addiction. Speak what God says over their life. If two on earth agree, you agree with God and you agree with another in faith, that is something that's so different than our culture. We agree with God and then we agree in faith with one another. And I'm telling you, the purity of God's word spoken, man, salt preserves, salt preserves penetrates, salt purifies. Wow. Number four, in conclusion, I hope you guys are learning something. I think I'm working harder than you're shouting amen, quite honestly. (laughs) Just to be honest. Maybe social distancing's got you nervous. But anyway, and I'm all into that. God bless your ministry. Don't email me. He was making it. No, I'm not, because I wouldn't read it anyway. He reads them. I don't. But anyway, so God. <laughs> Let me give you this last one. Everybody say salt, salt. Preserves. preserves. Say salt, salt. Penetrates. penetrates. Say salt, salt. Purifies. purifies. Okay, last one. Salt flavors and enhances everything it touches. It lifts it. The last thing I think that Jesus is saying here is we are to add a God flavor to our world. Paul says that we are the aroma of Christ, that we are the fragrance of Christ. Yeah. 
we are the fragrance of Christ to a world that's lost their minds. By the way, whoever wins the election, the world has lost their minds. You do realize that. They've lost their minds because they, they need to find God and the truth of God's word. It's like Josiah in the Old Testament. He found the word of God. The whole place repented. Why? Because, because they've lost their true north. That's why the church, that's why it's so important for us to understand our calling, to understand our purpose, to understand what God's called us to be as a people. We flavor and enhance every environment. The earth is where we are to salt and minister. The world is bland, tasteless, and desperate in need of God's flavor. We are to influence our workplaces. We are to influence our schools. We are to influence our family. We are to influence our neighborhood. We are to influence our culture. We are to influence Pastor Randy Craig, who's one of our great pastors, and he cooks a gumbo, and, 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 and it's, it's one of the things he does. He cooks, he cooks the stock, and if you've ever seen how it gumbos, and, and you gotta do that with the oil and, and the roux and all that stuff, and then, and then he said, wait, wait, you can't taste it. Don't taste it. Don't taste it. Don't taste it. I'm like, why? Randy goes, I haven't put the salt in. Just wait. I'm like, okay, this is a spiritual moment. <laughs> Boy, when he puts it in, everything changes. Please see this, folks. Please see this. When you are put in an environment, everything changes. When you're put in that workplace, Everything changes. When you're put in that neighborhood, listen, 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 listen. Everything changes. When you're put in a nation, we should, everything change. Psalms 33, 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his own inheritance. The church of Jesus Christ is the only hope for America. The church. The church of Jesus Christ is the only hope for the nations of the earth. The church. Are you a fatalist? No, I'm optimistic. I'm full with positivity. But I'm going to tell you something. You remove the church and you've got nothing but decay. I was born in Methodist Hospital. Where were you born? I bet you some of you guys were born in a Baptist hospital. I bet you some of you were born in a Mercy Hospital, which is a Catholic hospital. I bet you some of you were born in a Presbyterian hospital. I bet you some of you guys, listen, if you've ever been through a storm, there was a Baptist relief group that came and helped you. I bet you some of you guys, if you've ever been around a hurricane, there was Samaritan's Purse that came and helped you. I bet you some of you guys, if you've ever been lacking food, you've gone to a homeless shelter and you've gotten food from some church group. I bet you if some of you would go to the nations of the earth, you'd see hospitals and schools and orphanages that are Christ-centered. Why? Because it's the church that preserves and penetrates and, listen, and it purifies and it flavors everything it touches. It's the church. It's the church. That's what the church does. I'll close with this. Pastor Steve, you're intense. I'm sorry, Pastor. We're in trouble as a nation if we don't get this. I don't care if you don't get it. We're in trouble. You need to get it. I do care. Excuse you. We got to get this. We've got to get this. It's the only hope. 
My hope, and I say this so respectfully, and I don't, listen, my hope is not, we need all good structures. My hope is in God. And my hope is in you and the church standing up. That's where our hope has got to lie. Reminds me of a story I heard about Louis, Luigi Teresio, who was found dead one morning in the mid-1860s with very few comforts in his apartment. But he had 164 exquisite violins, which he had been collecting all his life, crammed into his dingy attic. Listen to this. In his very devotion to the violins, he had robbed the world of all the music they could have produced. The greatest of his collection is Stradivarius. Those of you that are musicians understand that. It was first played after decades of silence. How many of Christ's followers are like old Luigi? They hoard the salt rather than pouring it out. Mark 9.50, salt is good. It's good. But if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. The world is waiting on salty Christians to take their place. Let's pray. Pastor, Jesus... I, um, this is a moment, um, this is a moment, I believe, for all of us, and you're calling us, oh yeah, you're calling us. I sense it, there's a, there's a, there's a rising tide of hungry men and women of God. This church is hungry, that's why they're here. They're here on a Wednesday night, hungry for you. Oh God, let the fire Lit. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. I just sense this by the Holy Ghost, Pastor. I hope that's okay. And our worship team, if they could come back as well. I'm asking, oh God, I'm asking that the fires that were lit this week, oh God, the fire of conviction, the fire of passion for you. Lord, we're in a critical moment in our nation. We're in a critical moment in our communities, oh God. But the hope is Christ. And the hope is the salt of the earth, the church, the church. It's in this room. It's in the rooms that are watching right now. It's the body of Christ. Oh, God. God, grip our hearts. Grip our hearts. Grip our hearts with that, oh, God. God, we cry out to you. We cry out to you, Lord. Pour out your spirit upon us. We come together in faith. We come together in faith. This nation needs the church to stand, to stand as one man right now, to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thanks for tuning in to Prepare Fall 2020. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.